Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everyone to a winning world um, where we're here to just lift you, bring hope, help you live your dreams and, you know, just, just to breathe. Sometimes we just need to breathe. And this is a place for, you know, stories of people that are, uh, have stories of overcoming, but you know what? We're all overcoming something in this world right now. And that's COVID-19, um, the coronavirus, whatever, however you want to address it. Um, and there's a lot of fear in, in the place. Um, and we need to change that fear with faith, make, make it, um, Catherine was on last night and she was saying that she had heard someone say, you know, you have that fear and that faith and the faith has to override, um, everything that, that we are, you know, facing at any, at any point in our lives. And I'd like to give a disclaimer that we're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to laugh, you know, we're going to joke around, we're going to be serious. Um, but it's in no way to take anything away from the crisis and things that have gone on. Please take it seriously. Do your due diligence to be safe. I always say render Caesar what is Caesar, render unto God what is God. It's biblical. And we don't want to, you know, not use wisdom in this time and say that, you know what, you know, God will handle it. He will. He's, he's watching over us, but he's also given us leaders to lead and guide us, you know, health-wise and in this land-wise to keep us safe. And as long as they're not giving, you know, telling you something or directing you away from our our beliefs in our father and the things that he would have us to do, you know what? We need to align our, ourselves with it and continue to pray for our leaders and this, this entire world. Well, I want to welcome my dear friend, Phil. Sorrentino, I have not seen Phil in so long. He and Susan are just the most precious people to me. And oh, oh, we, yeah, I know, Phil. I just, I, I thank you so much for joining us. Let the people know where you are, where you're from. Let's start there. Wherever, huh? Well, I'm from my mother. <laughs> well, I'm really from my, I'm really from my father. He, she took me to a party, and my mom brought me home. Oh, no, I'm from I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And uh, just we're blessed. It looks like I got Einstein hair going here. You know, so you can't get out and get our hair cut. So I now I know why Albert Einstein's hair was all frizzy because he never got out of the house. He was always working. So I've got Einstein hair going. But uh, I, I guess to let them know, you know, who's they're listening to is uh, my name is Phil Sorrentino. I didn't become an Italian until I was 20 yeah. days old. I was adopted. Wow. So that's when I became Italian. Okay. That's when I made my first sale was 20 days. It was 20 days. Okay. Yeah, it was all eye contact and body language. <laughs> Although my dear Sicilian mother said she picked the one next to me and they gave her the wrong baby. Buyer's remorse. <laughs> I get a call about 20 years ago. Is this Phil Sorrentino? Yes. Were you born on August 1st, 1951? Yes. We're with Reunite. We put adopted families together. You have a sister that wants to talk to you. Are you interested? I said, well, Cheers is starting. Can I call you back? <laughs> I find out I'm one of seven kids on my biological mother's side. Wow. I'm her third by the time she was 18 by three different guys. Mother. Well, now I know where I get my sex drive. I get my biological, <laughs> I get my biological mom on the phone for the first time in my life. I said, Mom, I've always teased I was conceived in the backseat of a Buick. She said, I really don't remember what kind of car it was, but it was the backseat. 
At the age of two, at the age of two, my adopted sister died. At the oh. age of six, my adopted father died three days after Christmas. Mm. At the age of nine, my adopted mother got into alcohol and suicide. Mm. I started to work when I was 11. I cleaned toilets for 80 cents an hour when I was 14, and I was 5'1 when I graduated from high school. I went out for football, but they already had one. <laughs> but the past is the past Amen. is the past. Amen. There comes a time in every one of our lives where I have to say to ourselves, I'm going to stop letting my past ruin my future and rob me of my present. Yes. Wherever you are in life, somebody's had it worse and made it, and somebody's had it better and blown it. Jesus. The past resides in your memory. The future resides in your imagination. All we have is the now. Yes. Life is just a series of now. It's one present after another. And for those of us who've been fortunate enough, I know like you have, Shaman, they've gone through some challenges in your life. And me and anybody else going through these times with the coronavirus, it's just another challenge. Yes. It's not that difficult for us. We've, we've, we've dealt with all sorts of challenges. So it's just another one. Where this really affects people is people that kind of haven't had it so tough because they yes. don't know how to respond. They don't know how to react. And, and that's why they need people like us that will give them an example, give them clues, give them clues to help them get through this time. Well, Phil, I tell you what. Laughter does good like a medicine, and you have given us, <laughs> a, 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 you know, do, our dose of, of feels, and I know it's going to be more to come in this interview. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, well, you know, it's it's amazing how you take, you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny there, you know, how you started out, but then you get into that serious part, and it's like, whoa. But, you know, it's your attitude and how you've taken life, you know, the, the hard times, and just turned it around, you know, and, and seeing the positive of it. And really, that's what we're having to do with this crisis in the in our country right now. Well, not just country, it's actually in the world. Yeah. Do you know the earth is wobbling less now because of this virus? You know, I can the earth has it. a natural run. No, it's wobbling less because people aren't moving around as much. So the earth is rotating better now because of the lack of movement. I mean, think about that. The planet yes. is wobbling less. <laughs> Because of the coronavirus. I mean, good googly moogly. It's amazing because I'm hearing you again. And I share with Catherine on yesterday that, you know, my son said, mom, this is the time for the world to heal. You know, God has allowed this for us to, to, for there to be healing in the earth. And I'm hearing you say, now I'm going to share this one with him about the earth wobbling less <laughs> because yeah, there's I mean, less that's incredible. movement. You know, and he shared with me, you know, just just amazing view, viewpoint as we talk um, on how, you know, it's less cars out there. So it's less pollution, you know, less smoke and stuff going into the atmosphere. So that yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how, is, how, how, how has this affected you all? What's going on in your area? Well, Susan doesn't let me outside. She's pretty, you know. And now when she now when I walk in the front door and she says, take off your clothes, it's for a whole different reason. <laughs> Phil, well, it's to keep you safe and to keep her safe and to sanitize that house. Oh, well, her maiden name is Bolt. So she's the Bolt. She's and the I'm Bolt. The, and I'm the nut. <laughs> and a nut's no good without a Bolt. And a Bolt's no good without a nut. I know um, 
has it come, you know, what, what have you all been doing? Cause it's a beautiful thing that you all have each other. So what have you been doing since you can't go out? What, what's, what are you, you know, turning your time in? And most of us spend a lot of time in home anyways, but you yeah. know, what, what are you doing, you know, to pass the time since you can't get out pretty much at all right now? Well, I, I got out from underneath the bed. Okay. I quit hiding under the bed. Uh, that was, that was a good first step. You know, you got to have steps, but I look at this as a tremendous opportunity. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I have found out, uh, back out a little bit, my wife and I started a business called Humor Consultants back in yes. 1981. Yes. Where, and by the way, that was the year Reagan was firing all the air traffic controllers. So that was a good timing for that too. But, uh, but our mission is to create results through enjoyable solutions. Our vision is to assist in the enjoyment of everything. And what we really teach is the challenge, the power, and if you want it to be the fun of free will. Yes. We define humor as your seventh sense. Your sixth sense is your intuition. I see dead people as just a movie. So our message is, do you have a loving humor or a hateful humor, an encouraging humor or a discouraging humor? So I've got people calling me and I'm calling people to go, okay, Mr. Humor Consultant, what do you got to say about this? And I say, well, I'll tell you the same thing I told 150 human resource directors on 9-11 yeah. when we were in the same room together, watched the second plane go into the tower. Mm. They asked me that same question. And I said, our lives will never be the same again. Yes. Now, if I was really insightful, I would say, and you're going to have to wear good socks to the airport because they're going to have to make you take your shoes off. But I wasn't that insightful. So our lives will never be the same again. Now, we will come out of this because the yes. prophet tells you during good times, bad times are coming. And during bad times, good times are coming because yes. he understands cycles. We will come out of this. Now, the question is, do we come out stronger or do we come out weaker? During uncertain times, you weed out the weak players and the strong ones widen the gap. Yes. Are you become a victor or a victim? Yes. It's your choice right now. So what are you doing to make yourself stronger mentally, spiritually, physically, financially, relationship-wise? And if you're doing anything that makes you quit weak, quit it. Stop doing it. <laughs> Stop doing it. Because you don't have the luxury right now to do everything that you you got to be the best you can be. We have a program called How to Give Yourself Permission to Enjoy Being Your Best. We've all been told to be our best, but have we ever given permission to enjoy the process? So what I'm doing is, and I, and I think you, you don't have to do it from a business standpoint, just do it as a human being standpoint. Mm -hmm. I'm just opening my phone and going and calling people. Yes. And letting them know, hey, how are you doing? I care. What's going on? I, I feel some type of way because I haven't gotten a call yet, Phil. I feel some type of way. I'm feeling some type of way here. <laughs> yeah, what about your needs? Hey, did, didn't Carly Simon write a song about you? You're so what vain. Is, it's a vain. Wasn't, wasn't that about you? Was that about you? I thought so. <laughs> now, I'm just saying. You picking up the phone I'm and just calling. saying. Okay. Well, I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm calling people that I think I can get money out of eventually. Maybe that helped you understand my priority. Well, yeah, you're an S, too. I haven't gotten to the S's yet. How's that for a good excuse? I haven't okay. gotten to the S's yet. That's a pretty good one, but nah, I'm not taking nah. it. <laughs> but I have talked to Susan, so I guess you all are one. So I guess we have talked. <laughs> I'll, so, I'll let y'all off the hook this time, but I'll be waiting yeah. for my call after this live. <laughs> well, what I'm doing is I'm trying to think of something that I could give them that's of value during these times. 
Yes. And what I'm doing now, I'm saying, by the way, have you ever heard of a guy named Paul Lencioni? And they say yes or no. I said, he's written a number of books. Here's one of them. He's a good Christian man, too. Here's, it's called The Advantage. Okay, okay. I see it there. The Advantage. Why organizational health trumps everything else in business. And he talks about in business, there's two things. There's smart and there's healthy. Smart is strategy, marketing, finance, technology, things you can get a degree in, things that you can measure. Healthy yeah. is minimal politics and confusion, high morale and productivity and low turnover, the warm, fuzzy stuff, the things you can't measure. But with the point he makes in the book, you can have smart, but if you don't have healthy, you ain't got a shot. But if you have healthy and you work together as a cohesive team, you'll figure out the smart. Mm -hmm. Make sense? That makes sense. That so sense. what I've done is I've taken a 216-page book and I cliffed fill noted cliff notes down to six pages. Mm -hmm. So Shamanda, if I were to send it to you, would you read it? I would. So and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just like Friday. I talked to a president of a four billion dollar bank in Newark, Ohio, and he loved the idea. Yes. I talked to a lawyer that runs a law firm that has a hundred lawyers and five hundred employees in it. And I'm, and I'm sending them this. And then when they get back with them, I'm going to say, what do you think of that? If they need help in implementing it, I'm, I'm doing some pilot work with some individuals that we're, we're picking a couple clients here and there. And we're doing it for free to do the first couple of them. And then we're going to use that as a product line to go out to the rest of the people say, we're going to help you have organizational health. Mm -hmm. You know, we're focused on physical health, right? That's what yeah. this whole virus is about. It attacks our yes. physical health. Well, I believe it's attacking our organizational health and yes. you got to do something to make sure that's, that's, that's intact. So mm -hmm. that's what I've been doing. And then, you know, just, uh, eating well, drinking a lot of water, uh, praying a lot, uh, yeah. reading, I'm reading, uh, a return to love, uh, Marianne Williamson's book, it's her okay. reflections of a course in miracles. I'm okay. reading this, uh, you know, I listen to David Jeremiah. I listen to uh, uh, Joyce Myers. I mean, I, I really love Joyce Myers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this whole thing is you got to trust God and do good. That's it. Yes. And I remember the first time I was told to sit down and shut up. Mm. And obviously, since then, there's been countless. But <laughs> my adopted father, my adopted father, died three days after Christmas. Wow. And I'm in the first grade. So think about it. You have Christmas, my dad dying, New Year's. So it was the first day back to Catholic school. I raised my hand. I stand up. I said, God does everything that's going to happen. And the nun said, yes, he does. I said, then how do we have free will? Mm. And the nun said, sit down and be quiet. And I thought, you can't answer this question? I've stumped you already? This is not going to be a good relationship. This is going to be a tough deal going on from here. I had a nun in the fourth grade whack me in the back of the head with a music book. I turned around. She said, that's for everything I've never caught you doing. I turned around and said, well, you better hit me again. And so she whacked me a second time. But oh in the book, Conversations, God, book three, he answers the question. But he uses technology to answer it. So I couldn't have laid it on the, on the nun back then when I was in the first grade. Yeah. When you play a video game, how do the characters on the screen know how to move? You have to move them. But first of all, programming. Yes. Every potential move for every character in every video game is programmed into the game. That's true, yes. But you move the joystick. Yes. 
when God gave you your life, all of your potential moves are programmed into your life. That's when you it. move the joystick. Yes. And since God created the game, God's always going to win. That's so it. Do you want to play on the team? So do you want to play on the team of love and forgiveness and compassion and take care of the poor and the sick and the people in prison? Or do you want to play on the team of fear and envy and pride and deceit and jealousy and selfishness? Yes. Which team do you want to play on? Yeah, that's good. That's good. And mm. God has the power to turn everything negative into positive. Yes. You ready for this one? I'm ready. The Christians being eaten by the lions in the Colosseum. Can you imagine how that could be positive? How is that? It was God's infomercial. <laughs> I mean, think about it. These Christians are in the floor of the Colosseum praising God. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, you're our Savior. Thank you. And the lions are ripping them to shreds. And there are thousands and thousands of people sitting in the Colosseum looking at them going, man, what do they got that I ain't got? I'd be running my butt off trying to get away from that lion. I wouldn't be praising God. I got to go check out which God they're praying to because he must be a powerful one for them. They're praising him as they're being eaten. It was God's way to get, get the spirit of Christ and the spirit of being a Christian out to tens of thousands of people while they were sitting in the Colosseum watching the, watching the lions eat the Christians. But you know what? When you look at that, and I'm hearing you, because there's also a, a growing point, because we know that Christ is, is within us. The, the creator created us, and everything in him is in us, okay? So we have the power to maneuver our lives just as he would maneuver our lives, you know, through through the guidance and wisdom of him, right? And through him talking sure. to him. So with that being said, if you're in that Colosseum and you're being eaten, have you not connected with the lion that lives within you and the God that's within you that will allow you to turn to that same lion and quiet that lion? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And oftentimes we have Christians have accepted the defeat to, to say that we are Christians and to say that, you know, that's a part of Christianity. But when I read that word, and as I've been reading over the last year, literally on a daily basis, he's taking the spirit is taking me through, you know, the study of the word um, that I'm finding that you could conquer, you know, a, a thousand. It didn't, it right. didn't take a whole lot. So, you know, it's truly coming into the real realization of do we really know who Christ is? And I think this downtime that we have, though, it's it's been hard for a lot of people because they don't know, you know, where their, their, their next meal is coming from, how they're going to pay their bills because it's millions that have lost their job. But it's a time to actually connect with the creator to find out, you know what, what else is within me? that I can do that maybe that I haven't tapped into to bring it to fruition, you know, to birth that baby. I believe there are a lot of babies out there that are needing to be birthed. And in this downtime, this healing time, <laughs> you know, you, we can get in tune with our God, with, with, with the creator, creator of life and allow the Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us in all places that the Heavenly Father would have for us to go. You know, and I think 
a lot of people are missing it because they're running in fear. You know, we've been taught that from a kid. Well, Phil Philippians says, be anxious for nothing. Yes. I go, nothing, no pressure there. I'm anxious about being anxious for nothing. <laughs> but that's but where you have a, a, piece, a, a piece that overrides everything. Yes. When you know yeah. that you know that you know. It's unconditional love. In other yeah. words, the same spirit that's in you is the same spirit that's in me. What I do to you, I do to me. Absolute forgiveness. And when you don't forgive, it's like drinking poison and expecting yeah. the other person to die and you not to die. And then total gratitude. We live better than 95% of the kings that have ever lived on this planet. Access to food, access to clothing, access to transportation, access to information, access to sanitation. If we put 95% of the kings that have ever lived on this planet in your life, we literally would improve the quality of their life. So this is a time for you to, re to be introspective, to, 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 to read some books, to listen to some TV, to get on YouTube. You've got a plethora of educational materials that you can use to help nurture you. See, I, I, I like to use Wayne Dyer. I don't know. Do you know who Wayne Dyer is? I've heard the name. I've got a picture of me in my 20s with Art Linkletter, me and Wayne Dyer. Now, a bunch of your audiences, they don't know who they are, but the older people are very impressed. Trust me. But Wayne Dyer talks about when you put pressure on an orange, what do you get? Orange juice. Does it make any difference what kind of pressure? It's got to be a little bit of force. You can't just. But does do it make any difference what kind? If you oh, hit it yeah. with a hammer, run over with a car. No. Right. It, no. The only thing that's the only thing that's going to come out of that orange is what's inside of it. Right. And Wayne says that's the same thing about us. When the pressure's on us, and it doesn't make any what kind of pressure, relationship pressure, career pressure, financial pressure, health pressure, what yeah. comes out of you is what's inside of you. That's right. So when the pre so when the pressure's on, if love and compassion and forgiveness come out of you, then that's what's inside of you. Yeah. But if when the pressure's on is fear and 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 defeatness and jealousy and Yes. and depression come out of you, then that's what's inside of you. Yes. So when the pressure's on, if you don't like what's coming out, start putting something different in. Come on, yes. And that that's really good. What would you say to, you know, there are a lot of people out here that haven't tapped into who they truly are because they've been in this systematic thing of just getting out there working. Um, these jobs have been wiped away. And as you stated, and as I believe, Things are going to get back in motion, but it will never be the same because you have people realizing that, you know what? I don't need the huge overload, <laughs> the, the overhead. And I'm you're going to have you're going to have you're going to have a lot of office space available. Exactly. A lot of I mean, office there's gonna space. Be, there's going to be companies say, you know what? My people work better at home than they did in the office. Yes. I yes. don't need all this space. So you're going to have a lot of that here. Think about this television production. You and I, we don't have, we're doing this right now. And yes. we have the same qualities that if you watch Rachel Maddow or CNN or anything else, we have the exact same quality of videos that a TV studio has. So you're not going to need the makeup artist. You're not going to need the sound person. You're not going to need the cameraman. You're not going to need the producer. You're not going to need the set designer. All those jobs, there's going to be less of them because of that. Restaurants, people who go out less, they're cooking at home. You know, you know they're saying, you know what? Yes. It's cooking at home ain't that bad. I'm pretty yes. good at it, and it's cheaper. <laughs> and it's healthier. So, it's healthier. You know exactly what's going into your food. 
Yeah. So uh, these are these are really fun times to happen right now. And if you look at it optimistically, say, where can I take advantage of it? Uh, find a direct marketing company that you believe in their product and you believe what they're doing. Anybody that makes fun of direct marketing today is 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 uninformed mm. because it's a great way. But you got to find the right one. You first of all, you got to find one that's got a product that you love, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that the price is priced that people can get it at a reasonable price as opposed to having to jack up the rice. Number two, it's the company. And number three, it's the person that's going to be in your organization that you're mm-hmm. joining. Those are some criteria you have to think when you think of network marketing. But do something different. I'm, I'm changing my whole business. Yes. I'm, I'm doing these remote. I do, a, I do a Zoom call almost every day now. Yes. I mean, every day I do a Zoom call. And, and I'm blessed right now. I don't know if you know this, but about two years ago, I started my adventures with Parkinson's. Okay. So I've been having that nice little challenge. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it as a gift. I'm, I've talked to the Michael J. Fox Foundation. I've talked to the Parkinson's Foundation. And I'm trying to say, how do I take what I've done in my career in helping people self-motivate themselves in that area in life? And how do I point it towards the Parkinson's world? Wow. You know, having having fun with Parkinson's. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? And and when you look at it, because you bring laughter, your your world, your life, your gift is making people laugh. And people that are sick and have illnesses or what have you are the stresses and strains. When you can get them to laugh, like I said, it's appeal in and of itself. And it can shift, you know, the neurological things that's taking place. You know, it's all in how we see it. And it's it, pr- it, produces, it produces endorphins. Yeah, that's the word. Now, now <laughs> some people are confused. They think endorphins are people without parents who have to stay inside. That would be endorphins. But it produces that. It, it, helps, it helps dealing with cortisone, which cortisone is, a, it, it is, is created when you're stressed. So mm-hmm. you need to laugh. You need to have fun. You need to yes. be loving, forgiving, and grateful. You need yes. to count your blessings. You need to read good books. You need to listen to good stuff. You need to go on YouTube. You need to listen to good music. Anybody, if, if you haven't listened to Todd Rudgren's Just One Victory, Todd wow. Rudgren's R-U-N-D-G-R-E-N, and the song is Just One Victory. He's okay. actually collaborating now with Joe Walsh and Daryl Hall and they're going to do a new version that they're going to let the Democratic Party candidates use that song in their campaign for, for this year. And oh, no, wow. no royalties. So it's just a very powerful song that I would suggest to everybody. So find the music that you find people that are around you that you love and care for and then yeah. help be around them. And then find the other people that you don't mm. and at least reach out to them. You know, people need love the most when they deserve it the least. That's true. It's easy to love the lovable. It's That's tough good. to love the unlovable. And wow. some people crave attention so bad, they don't even care if it's negative attention. Mm. They'll exhibit behavior that's destructive for them and destructive for people around them just to get attention. Mm. And those people need us too. So there's that's a true. tremendous opportunity for you to transfer other people's lives. And at the same time, you're transfer- transforming your own life. Yes. And you know, that's what a winning role was birthed from. It's, it's showing that, you know what, regardless of where you are, as long as you have, you know, breath in your body, you're winning, but you, you get to choose that winning. You get to choose that road and it's okay, you know, for you to, to take that step, but you have to be willing to step outside of yourself 
and you know just find your happiness it starts within you no one can give it to you and oftentimes we're searching for that in in a in a job you know in these connections and if it has not taken root within you yet it's not it it can't be genuine and it's easy soon as something comes along it'll wipe you out you know so it you know i, I think one of those things I think I want you to to help people that maybe haven't found what they were created to do. How how do you help people get into a, a place of you know being able to hear and to trust what they're hearing? Um, Girl, are you right right on? That yes. Holy Spirit must be working through you because I just went and got the handout that's going to address exactly what you're asking for. Oh wow. You ready? I'm ready. This is goosebump stuff, okay? Okay, wow. I've been giving this, I've been speaking professionally since I was 28, mm -hmm. and I'm 68 and two-thirds. Wow. On August 1st, I will end my 69th trip around the sun and begin my 70th. Woohoo! <laughs> now you're looking and good, been, Theo. Now, and, and I've been... <laughs> And I've been given this, I've been given this, it's called Celebrate You. And I've been giving this out. How I got into speaking from the age of 22 to 28, I went to high schools and spoke for free. And wow. I talked about living skills because mm. they weren't, they were teaching you how to bisect the hypotenuse of a right triangle. And I'm, and I, and I learned early on in my life that that you don't do much with that, but goal setting and problem solving and reading good books. So self-motivation. So from the age of 22 to 28, I went to high schools and spoke for free. And I spoke about sex, drugs, and money. And I knew about two of them. <laughs> then, the president, then the president of the bank in Mount Vernon, Ohio, calls me up and says, Phil, I hear you speak. What do you charge? I went, charge? What a great idea. <laughs> so I said, 25 bucks. He said, wow. great. And he said, ooh, I should have said 30. So now you know which one I didn't know about. Yes. So I was so thrilled that... I was so thrilled that people were willing to pay me to talk. I thought I died and went to heaven. My kids, my buddies from high school say, Sorrentino, we were willing to pay you to shut up. <laughs> so I've, I've been giving this out for a long, long time. Okay. And I had a teacher contact me. He says, Phil, I've got to tell you a story. I said, okay, what is it? He says, you know that celebrate you you give out? I said, yeah, there's probably never been a, there's never been a speech that I haven't given that out yet in, in all these years. Wow. He says, I got to tell you what happened. You gave it to me. I gave it to our teachers at school. This one teacher gave it to every one of their students. There was a young girl that was being abused. Mm. She got through the abuse and went to college. When she got to college, instead of putting this Celebrate You inside her dorm room, she mm. literally put it outside her dorm room so people could read it in the hallways. Wow. One day there was a knock on the door. She opened the door and there was a young man with tears streaming down his face. Jesus. And she says, what's wrong? Mm. And he says, I was on my way to get into a car and run it into a tree. Mm. But after reading this Celebrate You, I realized how stupid that would have been. Mm. You ready? I'm ready. It's called Celebrate You. Mm. You are worth celebrating. You are worth celebrating. You are unique. In all the world, there's only one you. There's only one person with your talents, with your experience with your gift. No one can take your place. Only one of you was created, unique in your own way. 
you have an immense potential to love, to care, to create, to grow, to sacrifice. If you only believe in yourself, it doesn't matter your age or your color or whether your parents loved you or not. Maybe they wanted to love you, but they didn't know how. Let that go. That belongs to the past. You belong to the now. It doesn't matter what you've been, the wrong you've done, the mistakes you've made, the people you've hurt. You're forgiven. You're accepted. You're okay. Celebrate you. Begin now. Give yourself a new birth. Today, you are you, and that's all you need to be. You're temporary. You're here today and gone tomorrow. But today, today can be that new beginning, that new thing, a new life. You deserve this new life. It's given freely. That is the miracle of being. So celebrate the miracle and celebrate you. That is so powerful. And it's right on time. It was the question that I was asking. I know. How cool is that? <laughs> celebrate you. Oh, that that is so beautiful, Phil. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, 40 years of speaking. This was this gone. Every speech I give, this handout was there. Did you I've write that? No, no. Clyde Reed, C-L-Y-D-E-R-E-I-D. Clyde Reed wrote it. I think you can find it on the internet. Wow. And, you know, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. You know, it's so much competition. And sometimes, you know, most of the time we're competing against our own selves. You know, you run in this rat race. And you. I think in this time people are discovering that, you know what, all that I've been living with was way too much. You didn't need all of that stuff. You know, and oh, in yeah. the beginning, yeah. you know, you're, you're, they're saying, you know, how am I going to keep this lifestyle up? But then, you know, when it moves on down, you know, maybe 30 days or so, you're, you know, the hope is that you're realizing that, you know what, a lot of things have been packed on just because it was put in our face with, I call, you know, with the television, I call it, the it's the media, but I call it a median. You know, like those psychic people. Sure. <laughs> I, I look at, and I don't have television. I've, I haven't had a television almost a year now. I had it removed, no cable, any of that stuff. I just do the internet. Um, but, and this is when the, the revelation of how you have a little square box that shows you what life is. So, you know, we want to work to to gather all these things just because this little box is showing us and also we judge ourselves because of that little box and not realizing that they may have 10, 15, 20, even 30 takes before they get to that, what we look at as perfection. And, but they don't talk about all those outtakes that it took to get to what we're seeing. Right. So we judge ourselves on falseness all the time. It's always shown and it's a median um, that is guiding our channels and how we move, you know, it's programming us. It's programming. Like you said, everything starts with that programming and then it's put in our hands. So now things are being snatched away. And I pray that, you know, for those that will hear and take the time, this information is going out there literally to just let people know we're all vulnerable, what we've all been through and where we all are in the midst of the same crisis. We're all here together, but it's just to give, a different mindset on maybe what you need to be doing or maybe thinking about doing 
versus just sitting watching television, sitting thinking, whoa, it's me. You know, turn that thing off, get in a quiet space, meditate, and trust and believe the spirit will talk to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'll ask my audiences, I'll ask my audiences, how many of you meditate? And very few people raise their hand. Hmm. I said, how many of you worry? Everybody raises their hand. Wow. I said, what's the matter with you people? Were you bitten by a hippie? Because meditating is worrying for negative results. Hmm. Medi good. Worry is a form of meditation. So next time you worry, I want you to worry as if everything would turn out right. Ooh, then what would we do? Hmm. Well, even Jesus, even Jesus was challenged by that hmm. in the Garden of Gethsemane. I have, a, I have a perception. Jesus selling in the garden. Would you like to hear my perception of Jesus trying, to talk his, Jesus trying to talk his dad out of doing this thing the next day? You ready? Yes. Hey, dad, how you doing? Yeah, I know I have to do this thing tomorrow. But do you have a minute? This miracle stuff. We got blind people seeing. We got lame people walking. Lazarus's family, they are thrilled. Let me ask you a question. Let's say you let me hang out here for a couple more years because a year is a day in your eyes. So I'm really asking you for a couple of days and through your love, your light, your truth will heal 10 people every morning, 10 people every afternoon, 20 people a day, six days a week, two years. You do the math. Think how many be spreading, how many people will be spreading your love, your light, and your truth. If you can just give me a couple more days, the time is now. So he leaves and he finds him sleeping. So he comes back and says, Pops, I got it. The fall. Everything's dying in the fall anyway. And you and I know the boys, they're not getting it. They think this is going to be a victory of flesh, of stabbing and killing. You and I know this is a victory of spirit. This has nothing to do with the flesh. So if you give me the summer, I think I can turn them. It must be in the spring. It's going to represent a new beginning. Mm. All right. So he leaves and he finds him sleeping. So he comes back for his last shot. Pops, I got it. Monday. Nobody likes Monday. Can I have the weekend? I'm going to call it Good Friday. Oh, Dad, you've thought of everything. I will be done. Oh. Hmm. It's time. Maybe that was what he said. Yeah. But he said it in Aramaic, then they translated it to Hebrew, then they translated it to Greek, then they translated it to Latin, then they translated it to English. So who knows? He might have said those things. By the way, if you put selling in the garden in your YouTube search box, I have that in YouTube. Okay. Okay. Wow. You know, Phil, it's one of those things you, you hear it, it's, it, and it's all about perception and how we see it and how we choose to, you know, just embrace it. And at the end of the day, it's time for us to live our lives. It's time for us to be the best that we can be. It's time for us to do the things we never thought we could. I mean, right. I, I think it's such a gift that has been given to people that may have, may have, you know, put some dreams on the back burner, you know, because they, they never thought that it, it could come. And if they would take a look in the mirror, and embrace this time to say, you know what? Yes, I don't have this, but I still have this that I've never desired, you know, never been able to do. I've had the desire, but hadn't been given the chance. 
you've been given the chance to do it now. Take the bull well, by the horn, as they say. It's like the two, the classic story about the two boys, Bobby and Billy. Bobby was a negative, they, they, they took the two boys. Bobby was a positive boy. Billy was a negative boy. They took Billy, the negative boy, and put him in a room full of toys. They took Bobby, the positive boy, and they put him in a room full of horse manure. Mm. They went back an hour later to Billy, the negative boy, and he said, listen, somebody gave me a toy once, and they took that toy away from me. Mm. So if I can't have these toys, nobody can have them. Mm. He broke every toy in the room. Mm. Now they go see Bobby, and Bobby's in that horse manure, and he's pitching it. He said, Bobby, <laughs> you were weird. He goes, yeah, I know, but I figured this out. They says, what do you mean? He said, I figured this out. With all this horse manure, there's got to be a pony somewhere. <laughs> yes, now I've here, heard it. Yes. Many have heard that. Now, here's the twist. Ready? Yes. The bigger the pile of the horse manure, the bigger the pony. <laughs> the bigger the problem we have to deal with in our life, the bigger the opportunity that's locked in that problem. Mm. Mankind has made its greatest strides dealing with its greatest problems. And that's yeah. what this coronavirus is all about. This is about mankind having to deal with a problem mm -hmm. together. It's like when we had uh, Y2K, okay. right? There were mm -hmm. countries that were killing each other, but in back rooms, they were figuring out how can we work together so the computers don't go down at Y2K. Mm. See, this is an opportunity for us to really put aside our differences and say, how are we going to address this as a, as, a, as a one, as people that want to work together? But it's tough. How many remember when Christ said to his disciples, guys, you've been with me so long and you still don't get it? Remember that line? Yes, yes. You still now don't think know about me. It. Did he? Yeah, think about it. Did he have a great product? <laughs> he was the product. He's our life, lifeline. Could, could, could Lazarus have written him a testimonial letter? Could you see Jesus' next brochure? Before, after. <laughs> Number two, who is his boss? Who is his boss? God was his boss. Now, some of our bosses may think they're God. He had the real thing. Yes. Number three, he chose his staff. Mm. He handpicked the 12. How many of you get to pick the people you work with? They just stick them next to you and you got to work with them. Mm. And number four, did he have a great strategic plan? He had the ultimate strategic plan. Yes. So he had a great product. He had a great boss. He had mm. a great staff. He had a great plan. And they still weren't getting the program. Mm. So no matter how good you have to offer the world, is the world going to get it the first time or the fifth time or the 27th time or the 53rd time or the 168th time? So we all need to be more patient yeah. and more persistent, which are two ends of the sticks. You need to be more patient mm -hmm. in what you're doing, realizing it's not going to come overnight, but you need to be more persistent. You need to keep on keeping on. Mm. Although the greatest line for patients, I'm sitting at one of my clients. He was at the most expensive athletic club in Columbus, Ohio, and he was one of my clients. And I'm sitting in, down in the in the break in the front room, just doing my morning workout, which was the USA Today or the Wall Street Journal. But and so the owner is coming down the stairs with his five-year-old daughter, and he looks down there. He says, "Kelsey, you need to have more patience." She looks up to him. She says, "Daddy, I have patience. I just don't have it now." <laughs> I fell out of my chair. I literally, I fell out of my chair when she said that. And it's funny, she's, she's now a woman. And whenever I see her, she says, do you still use my line in your seminars? I say, yes, I do. And she gets yes. this really big smile on her face. Daddy, I have patience. I just don't have it now. I just don't have it now. 
Isn't wow. that funny? That's beautiful. <laughs> it really is. Say the darndest thing. <laughs> out of the mouths of Art Linkletter. Out of the mouths. Out of the mouths of babes. Yes. Amen. Wow. This this is good. Good stuff, Phil. This is really really good. And you know, at the end of the day. So you you think I have a future in this business? Maybe. Oh, this this is your life. This is what God is doing <laughs> to you. <laughs> I've laughed the whole well, time. Well, I'm honored that you've done this and hopefully you're going to put it, this out. You know, I have another perception, which, you, you know, I make a living of, by thinking about things weirdly. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that a lot of people are wondering what happens when you die. You know that? Yes. So what happens when you die? Well, here's one way to think about it. Whatever you think is going to happen to you when you die happens to you when you die. If God has given us a free will to create our existence here in the spiritual plane, wouldn't it make sense that God would give us that same free will to create our existence in the spiritual plane? Mm. So if you think you're going to go to heaven, you get to go to heaven. If you think you're going to go to hell, you get to go to hell. So whatever you think is going to happen when you die, that's what happens when you die. Thy kingdom Second come, thing, thy, will be, thy done will be done on earth, on earth as, as it is in heaven. So, so whatever we're doing here, it's already there. So what's already there is already here. Amen, sister. <laughs> Second thing happens when you die. Yes. Is God sits you down with a videotape of your life. Mm. Don't. That's my best Homer Simpson. <laughs> I know I can't have the fast forward button. Woo! I know I can't have reverse. I know, God, you're not going to let me have a raise. But Lord, could I have the mute button? Because there's some things in my life that I said that when I was trying to say them, I couldn't stop myself. Oh, Lord. And I don't want to hear me say them again. Mm. And then you get to look at a series of videos. And these are the videos of the lives of the people that you have affected. Mm. I pray that every one of us live our life in a way in which we look forward to seeing our videos. Mm. That's good. That's good. Mm. I just wow. got a message that my battery's low. I got to plug in. Okay. Well, while there Phil is go. plugging in, plugged in those now. of you that are listening and I'm plugged in, in it's especially on um, YouTube, take time to subscribe to our channel and click that notification bell so that you will be notified when we're doing more interviews with others to come. We're going to be having Phil back on to talk about his business, specifically how you can connect and um, the things that he has to, to offer. Um, today, it was basically just sitting around the COVID-19, um, this coronavirus, and just encouraging each other, encouraging you, sharing, you know, what's going on in our lives, how we're making it through. And Phil is our guest for today. And just hit, remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button and that notification bell. And you'll always get notified, you know, when we're going live or while we're live. You'll see that that um, little red sticker in the, in the corner that says, you know, we're, go we're live. We're live now. So, but yes, are you plugged in now, Phil? Yeah, I've been plugged in and we challenge you, share this with people. Yes, if please. You, if, this, if this resonates with you, then the one thing you can do is share this with someone else. 
Yes. If, yes. If, if this man of any value to you, if this helped you in any way in your life, that's the good thing you can do is pass this on. Here's a reason to call people. Say, man, I just listened to this weird humor consultant. He is a little strange. <laughs> but but he kind of makes some sense sometimes, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, it, it meant something for me. Let me share it with you. And that's the more it. people we can have share this, who knows? That could be like the pebble in the pond. And who knows that's going to ripple out through that's and allow it. people to have some 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 tools to deal with these challenging times. And that's one of my favorite po poems. Um, the, 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 the pebble, you know, drop a pebble in the water and as ripples, ripples yeah. reach out afar and the sunbeams dancing on them may reflect a star. Give a smile to someone passing, thereby making his morning glad. It may greet you in the evening when your own heart may be sad. Do a deed of simple kindness, though its end you may not see. It may reach like widening ripples down a long eternity and that is what we're doing here at a winning world we Mic are planting seeds <laughs> <laughs> love you love you we're planting may, seeds may and, i share with you is may i share yeah. with you a final story yes go ahead before my before my thing goes out i've spoken to the high state football teams a number of times and i developed a relationship with numbers kirk herbstreet worked for me between his junior and senior year if you're a college football fan you know who he is but jason winrow was a young man who was an offensive lineman went out to uh eventually played for the new york giants had both of his knees blown out and came back and got in the mortgage business in columbus ohio we developed a friendship so one day we're talking he says phil would you do me a favor I said, sure, Jason. He says, you know, my dad died. I said, well, of course. Mm -hmm. He says, we had a thing that instead of saying goodbye, one of us would say love you and the other one would say love you more. Would you mind if we did that? I said, Jason, I'm humbled and honored that you would even ask me to do that. Of course we could do that. Well, one Friday night, I said love you. He said love you more. I called him Monday, 43 years old. He died of a stroke in his sleep on Sunday night. Wow. So I know unequivocally the last thing I said to Jason Winrow, I heard Jason Winrow say to me was love you more. And the last thing I said to him was love you. Mm -hmm. Well, his family allowed me to facilitate a celebration of life. And we ended by going, love you, love you more, love you, love you more, love you, love you more. So I think we should end this broadcast with that concept. What do you think? Come on, let's do it. Because I ended in love anyways. So you, love you, you love you more. Hugs. Love and kisses. Bye. Thank you, Phil.